As the Rookwoods begin to read through the book, The Ties That Bind by Michael Rookwood, they uncover horrific and fantastical things. For the Rookwoods, most of the information about the family was things that they already knew. Their family members, Gail included, had done horrific things. However, there are a couple of things that are of great interest to the four reading the book, Virgil, Penny, JC, and Alistair. Alistair is shocked to find Gail's misdeeds laid out on the pages in front of him. He comes to find that Gail is not simply unlucky in love. She suffers from the curse of the gaping maw, a curse that makes her hunger for more and more. To try to satisfy her hunger, in moments of feeling unloved, she devoured her past partners and even one of her sons, JC's twin brother, Jameson. But Alistair isn't the only one to learn new things. Even Virgil is able to learn new things about ghosts from the book. They're all fascinated to find that the family ghosts may be more than they appear to be. In particular, Elias has shown the ability to give his victims visions of the past. And finally, they get a step closer to unlocking the secrets of the mysterious missing brother, father, and grandfather. In the back of the book, where all the family curses have been described in great detail, they find the curse of the forgotten memory, something that none of them have ever heard before. This curse gives the Rookwood who bears it power over ghosts and memories, but at a cost. They are destined to be forgotten, even in life. To the Rookwoods who go to such great lengths to honor their family members, this is truly one of the harshest curses of all. week has passed since the last night that we explicitly narrated the end of the last episode. During this week, you've all been trying to settle into a new normal. Um, Penny and JC, unless stated otherwise, you two are probably still going to uh, work and school respectively. Um, over the week, everyone also hears a news story about uh, children being kidnapped and then being returned to their families confused but missing an ear. And you also, throughout the house, will in some spots just smell lingering cigarette smoke. Um, but to your knowledge, none of you are smokers, so that's sort of a mysterious thing that has popped up. Um, what's everyone been up to and what is everyone, what sort of routine is everyone settling into? I imagine that Jeremy's routine hasn't changed a whole, whole lot. Probably something along the lines of go to school, uh, come home, immediately sort of go back to my room. Though, uh, a after the group's sort of collective book reading session, there are probably a few nights where, uh, presumably if, if um, Alistair's new room has a mirror in it, that Jeremy will just show up in Alistair's room. Not really say anything, but just like, Hey, my mom's a mess. You know that now. Uh, I don't want to be around her. Okay. Alistair is probably going to be as reclusive as possible. Mm -hmm. He is terrified for his life. Um, he read all sorts of damning things about Gail and what she has done to previous lovers and even her own son who I presume he didn't even know about 
Uh, yeah, I, well, I'll let Gail say, did he know about Jameson? Uh, Jameson probably would have been brought up, but probably not talked about in detail. Probably just, like, a passing name. Okay, so he, he was aware that he existed, just... Right, but maybe maybe not even, uh, necessarily that he was, you know, Gail's son, but was some, someone that was important to, to Gail. Okay, alright. And uh, Alastair, you also know um, the ghost woman that talked to you, who from the book you can guess uh, and you can ask her if you want to, is probably Kelly Rookwood, has appeared a couple times since. Um, If you seem scared of her, she doesn't show herself that much or for that long, but uh, you do feel a presence around you, and when you are able to see that presence, it is in fact her. Okay, and I imagine Alistair just kind of feels sort of indifferent to it all right now. Okay. He he has more or less accepted that this is happening. He is simply just trying to do everything he can in his head to get out before he is quite literally consumed. Okay, great. Um, so then that leaves uh, Gail, Penny, and Virgil. What are you three up to? Um, so Virgil is going to be keeping an eye on the Gail Alistair situation pretty closely. Um, uh, in part because he, he knows what Gail's capable of, uh, and is watching that situation. But at the same time, he's also reveling in Alistair's current situation, having been knocked now knocked down several pegs. Um, he's enjoying that. So, um, has Alistair been ever (laughs) let out of the room or has he just been confined to his room for the week? Um, he's probably been, he's been allowed out as long as he's had supervision by Gail. Um, and Gail has been bringing him, like, meals and stuff. He's been eating in his room or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. if he needs to get anything out of the office, Gail escorts him. He is, it, he is very much a, like, under house arrest. <laughs> Got it. Um, all right, so I would imagine Virg- Virgil's not going to go out of his way to interact, um, that directly then. Okay, and I was just going to say, too, the only thing that he would try and take would be his, uh, dictaphone from his office yeah and and gail would let him have that fair enough okay so is gail doing anything besides uh pretty closely supervising alistair um gail's trying as as best as she can to be business as possible or business as usual um mm-hmm. so you know she's making breakfast and bringing him coffee and and all of that kind of stuff well presumably he's working or you know doing whatever he, you know, he feels like everybody else in the house can notice they're going through like a lot of food, like a lot more than normal. Is Al the one who's hanging on to the book? Um, he was the one who last had the book. So, Alistair, if you, I, I would imagine that you would have the book, which also brings up the important question of if anyone told Gail the finer details of the book. Virgil would not, but I, I was going to add that, um, um, Virgil was going to ask for the book at some point during the week because he wanted to, to study it more in depth himself. After Alistair reads through, well, everything that he read through that night, I, I imagine he actually just would have given it to Virgil. He doesn't. He doesn't want it. He doesn't. Okay, he, didn't he? Okay. He doesn't want to be reminded of it anymore. Got it. <laughs> Why? It was such a good story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. Uh, Alistair is going to say upon receiving the book back from, or uh, Virgil's going to say upon receiving the book back from Alistair, you've prided yourself on being so intelligent, but now you've 
see how truly ignorant you've been and say nothing more as he takes the book back. All right. So um, partway through the week, probably when um, mm -hmm. he's been let out to get um, his dic to get his dictation device, mm -hmm. um, the book is passed off to Virgil. Um, is anyone else doing anything of note during this week? I think beyond just going to work, uh, Penny would actually probably be spending a bit more time even with Virgil. Uh, she also wants to read through the book mm -hmm. and in more detail and start trying to figure some things out. She also finds it very interesting in the book that it just says after the death of Doris Rookwood and not question mark, question mark, question mark. So now she's really curious about a lot of different things that the book mentions. Yeah, Virgil's going to, after getting the book back, Virgil will be doing a lot of time looking through the book. And if if Penny is spending time with him, they kind of, I imagine they're kind of putting their heads together on stuff. They kind of get to the bottom of some of the mysteries, um, the the lack of, you know, Virgil's brother in the book, as well as this other individual. Um, and Virgil is also curious in like the, the renewed activity of the family ghosts. So he's kind of looking into that. But um, at one point during that time, I would imagine he would have bookmarked a section in the book. And next time Penny arrived, he would point it out. Um, and it would be the entry outlying the, the curse of the forgotten memory. Yeah. So uh, next time Penny, uh, we'll say this is over the weekend or something. Um, and let's make this relatively quick because this is a little bit meant to be like a fast forward. Section yeah. Where we can do this little scene. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So Penny comes in and what happens? Penny, my dear, I found something interesting. What'd you find uncle Virgil? Um, he slides the book over and you can see that there's a, a bookmark placed in it. Perhaps an answer to uh, the mysteries regarding your father. And Penny will scan through it, and because Annie hasn't scanned through it, <laughs> uh, does it really fit, like, everything that doesn't make more sense? Um, you guys can, can guess, in addition to uh, the curses in the book, there are a couple additional curses outlined that, um, you know, may have only sprung up like one time or so. Like uh, it has Virgil's uh, Curse of the Lightning struck. It has, uh, Penny, you would know your cousin. Would that be cousin? Yeah, that would be cousin. You would know that your cousin who died at a very young age had a... Uh, had a curse not seen before, um, like Curse of the Dryad, instead of trees, it was for flowers. So, you know, variations of curses can come up. Entirely new curses can come up, and it seems that they're all uh, in the book. But one that you haven't really heard of is Curse of the Forgotten Memory, and you guys can decide what that means. So, Penny, if you take a look there, it, it appears that this particular curse, which I was unfamiliar with to this point, um... Uh, results in the distortion and fading of memories, it appears, which would definitely account for our discrepancies in the way we remember my brother. The fact that none of us can remember his name, it all seems to fit. I mean, it definitely seems to fit. It just, it's really hard to think that that would be what it is. I mean... I don't know what else it could be, but... So does that mean that we'll just never know the truth? I don't know. 
Though, according to what is recorded here about the this particular curse, it does say that individuals with this curse have a strong connections with ghosts. It may be worth perhaps attempting to commune with the family ghosts to act, ask for more information. Perhaps the memories of mortals are affected, but the memories of spirits uh, are not as affected. So, um, I don't know. It's the only lead I could come up with. That is a really good idea. I do have them from time to time. <laughs> yes, I know. Your brilliant mind and all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Uncle Verge, you're so great. <laughs> you seem to be the only one that recognizes it. <laughs> Um, with that, we will end that scene and continue going up to the present, which is a week after um, the meeting TM with uh, Jamie and the school counselor. Um, or not Jamie, Jeremy. I don't know. It's, it's one of them. Who knows? <laughs> uh, so it, it is once again a Monday. Um, all the Rookwoods are asleep in their respective beds, and uh, Penny is woken up by a familiar scratching at her bedroom window. And when she uh, sits up in bed to look, she sees that it is her favorite raven. And what is that raven's name? Oh, gosh. Um, Poe. Poe? Very yeah. nice. Classic. Nice. I love it. <laughs> okay, so uh, do you go to the window and let Poe in? Absolutely. Okay. Um, so Poe flies in um, and on his way in he drops in your hands a little keychain. Um, he lands on your so shoulder long enough for a quick nuzzle until he flies back out the window. And when you look at the keychain in your hand, it's um, a keychain in the shape of, of the state, in the shape of Connecticut. And it says New Haven. Um, you've seen these at gas stations before, I'm sure. It's, you know, anything that you can pick up at, you know, any old, uh, any old souvenir shop. I am going to take this trinket and... I like to imagine that I probably have something to hang some of my shiny trinkets off of um, somewhere in my room. Yeah, I'm sure that you have like a cork board or something of that yeah, nature. Yeah, and I'll hang it uh, pretty much in the center of it as it's the newest item. Okay. Yeah, you hang it up and uh, slowly but surely everyone else is getting up. Uh, JC, you have school today. It's a Monday. Um, Penny, you have work. Uh, Al, Virgil, and Gail have fuck all. You can you can do what you want. <laughs> that is Lattes. a direct quote from my notes. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, being retired. <laughs> also, it's a very strenuous job to keep the entire household all tidied up. Thank you very much. <laughs> no wonder she's stress eating. <laughs> It's a big house for one person. Mysterious storyteller. <laughs> so, uh, does anyone else have anything uh, real quick they want to do in the morning before everyone starts heading off to their respective things? Um, so this would be, like, very early in the morning, shortly after waking up, because Penny has to get to work and JC has to get to school. I got nothing. Got nothing? Alright, uh, JC heads off to school. Penny, you head off to work. Um, Penny, at your office, you walk into the real estate's office that you know and love so much. 
you see all of your different co-workers are talking about the football game that's going to be on tonight because it's Monday Night Football and uh, the Giants are playing Philadelphia and they're uh, each debating about which team they're going to be rooting for and what that would mean for the rest of the sports season. I, I don't know, football. <laughs> sports. That's very convincing. <laughs> yeah, I... I, I took the time to look up who would have been playing that night and uh that was the extent of my research um (laughs) (laughs) that's impressive it's historical accuracy right there yeah yeah yeah, the giants are playing philly and if uh and if you care to find out exactly what week we're in there's an easter egg for the viewers (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah so uh so what do you do Hearing them discussing sports, I just roll my eyes, you know, men, and I continue into the kitchenette, put on a fresh pot of coffee, because I'm sure no one else has this morning, and go to my desk, uh, seeing what notes have been left since Friday, since I was in on Friday. So you go and look at your notes that um, have various phone calls you need to return um yeah there are answering machines in the 70s um you there's a couple messages on your answering machine um it's one of those old cassette ones that you have to like actually play back the recordings and such um and uh you go through all of those and it's people looking for houses um there's different lawyers who want to talk different home inspectors uh things like that and you forward those on to the appropriate people um, do you do anything in particular at work? Assuming today's just like every other day, not really. I just, any potential new clients, I would dole out to the right real estate agents, cover the area, and nothing too out of the usual, I assume. No, it's a pretty ordinary day at work. Um, you're, uh, you, you recognize a lot of the people in the town being that you're fairly like, um, you know, high society, uh, someone is looking for a home for their daughter who is now grown up. Um, there's a new couple coming into town that just by chatting with them, you get a, you get a couple interesting things that you think might be gossip and you make a mental note to look into them later. And, uh, yeah, it's a fairly standard day. Um, at the end of, well, not quite at the end of the day, probably around three o'clock, uh, Jack comes up to you. Uh, do you want to describe Jack? Uh, Jack is the typical all-around good-looking guy from the 70s. He doesn't have uh, the facial hair, though. Uh, exactly Gail's type, actually. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, and incidentally, there's some history with Gail, too. <laughs> yeah. They were, uh, high school foes, but, um, yeah, I'm happy that she didn't Get her claws into this one too, too deep. He he knew when to cut and run. So, but he's grown into a more handsome man, and actually, is a pretty decent human. Yeah, and you two share um, a sort of flirtatious uh, relationship at work. And he comes up to you, and he's like, "I'm thinking of cutting and running a little bit early. Would you like to accompany me down to the anchor for an early happy hour?" I look over the notes, uh, seeing as there's not too much on the plate today. I will grin up at him and say, 
You read my mind. Okay. Um, so he grabs your coat for you, and you two head out to the Anchor Bar, which is a well-known bar in New Haven. Um, and you, on your way there, you know, you're chatting. Are you chatting about anything in particular? Um, I will give him my unconfirmed gossip from the day. Um, and also tell him about probably the wealthiest sounding couple who might be coming into the area and looking for a new house. Okay. It's a lot of like, uh, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. He's not, yeah, he's not like cutting you off, but, um, gossip isn't like super his thing. He's probably thinking about... Um, the game tonight uh and uh, he's being a good active listener though yeah he's being a good <laughs> yeah, active he listener. he's like yeah he's not like brushing you off by any means but um he sort of doesn't care it's just not his thing so how's your family doing oh the family is the family i mean you know gail do i ever unfortunately <laughs> she's the same gail as ever um her and Alistair, you know, they're a little rocky right now. Oh, really? Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where that goes. I'd swear she was cursed with the number of men running out on her. Engagements, marriage. Gosh, ours seems to be the least dramatic relationship she's ever had, and that was years ago. Yeah, that might have been the least dramatic, you're right. Okay, and uh, you two continue to walk. Um, I am going to jump back at this point. Um, JC, you're having a fairly average school day. Um, what is Al, Virgil, and Gail up to? I would imagine that while Penny is at work, Virgil is going to start maybe looking into maybe how he can... Well, let me, let me, let me, I guess, start by asking this. Would I know... If there's a particular procedure for trying to commune with the family goat. Hmm. Um, yes. Uh, there's a couple of different ways you can talk to ghosts. Um, one is that they could choose to appear to you. Um, you can also do something like a seance or spirit calling, something like that. Um, that can get a little bit dicey as to what it would bring to you. But um, yeah, you know that. The typical methods that you would hear about in movies and stuff is like pretty accurate. To right, but I didn't like know if there was like anything special for like the family ghost since they do, they're they've been known to show themselves to us um, semi regularly at least. If there was any special procedure for seeking that out intentionally um, within the family, not that you know of um you know that certain ghosts like to hang out in certain places and you may be able to just like call to them or be like hey like who's here and uh maybe someone would show to you uh if you're trying to call someone specific for a specific purpose you can do something like a seance like i said um Mm -hmm. or they could just decide to appear yeah i kind of think seances doesn't sit well with virgil um having never been the one for the affinity for monster hunting or the occult or anything like that he left that to his brother for the most part um um, at least he assumes that's the memory he has. Mm-hmm. He's starting to question all of his memories now of his right. brother. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, I think he probably wandered down to the family room at some point, kind of wait for a moment where like Gail's busy doing something and Alistair's obviously going to stay out of the way. Um, a moment where he can kind of have to himself, um, in the family room Mm -hmm. and kind of take some time there, spend some time kind of quietly kind of listening to see if there's a presence that occurs. And then maybe if nothing happens calling out, um, um, just to kind of see, I, I think it's like half-hearted though. I don't think he's not comfortable doing it, um, but he's going to try to try and see if he can maybe find some answers. Right, but yeah, sure. Uh, so yeah, you um, you do in fact uh, hear something. You hear uh, someone humming in the room. Um, it sounds like they're kind of towards one of the windows. Um. Virgil's almost going to start like he wasn't expecting to actually get a response and he's going to like cock his head slightly move to the window and is is anyone there um yeah um it's almost like a poof of energy um the room it's almost like fog rolls into the room where someone just like suddenly set off a fog machine and uh you see your sister lucille standing by the window she looks like she did in life she passed when she was fairly young only in her 20s um you recognize her her misty eyes that were one of the marks that she had in life and uh she turns around um Virgil, you scared me and uh, you see that she's wearing her wedding dress, uh, you know, a lace gown. L- Lucille, I I wasn't actually expecting to see anyone here, but I'm glad it is you. Oh, we all come and go. What's plaguing you, brother? Yes, um, well, it appears that the family and I have made a realization that... We cannot remember aspects or our memories conflict regarding our brother. I would speak of him by name, of course, but I cannot remember, nor can anyone else. I was wondering if perhaps those of the family on the other side, you could shed some light on this. We speculate that it might be the result of uh, a rare form of the curse but obviously with our limited memory and conflicting memory we can't be sure brother and she kind of thinks to herself for a moment and she starts counting off on her fingers Virgil Cynthia Lucille who was the other it wasn't Elias It wasn't Thomas, was it? I don't think it was another Jameson. Hold on. The name you just said before Jameson. Thomas? That was the one before it fogged out, right? Yeah. No, after that. It's all a little foggy. It is for I as well. I believe you said it, but I was unable to hear it. Aren't these things funny? Truly they are. It appears that whatever is causing this is strong enough to pierce the veil, it seems. Poor dear. Although 
I suppose of all the curses, this isn't the worst one. Oh? Well, you know what Thomas did to his wives. And she points up to the uh, hagman's noose in the rafters. Well, the two nooses that you know were, um, let me find their names. Thomas and... <laughs> yeah. I put this outfit. Okay, so uh, Thomas Rookwood II and Jeremy Rookwood II. Um, mm-hmm. You know that what happened to them was uh, mm-hmm. Thomas Rookwood had killed his first wife and uh, his son in adulthood um, had found out about it. They both had the curse of the gibbet, which is curses over ropes and chains. And uh, in his rage, um, Jeremy killed them both. And uh, the nooses where they died are still hanging mm-hmm. from the rafters. It's kind of a macabre addition to um, a family room that is surprisingly bright, despite all of the, uh, <laughs> despite all the other things in it. That, along with the bone cages, you know, totally, <laughs> yeah, totally. It's bright. a very uh, nice room. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Virgil will look up and goes, "Yes, um, I suppose some of the curses do have their grim dealings, but I can't help but to." Mourn for the fact that a family with its deep-seated traditions in memory and memorial of all of its members, some would be deprived of that by their very curses. I suppose so. He was so sweet, wasn't he? My memories of him, which I admittedly am questioning now, but my memories of him that he was, uh... Rather bold and fiery. I think in some ways that might be true. I wouldn't want to keep you from, I suppose, whatever it is you do on the other side. But thank you for your insight, sister. It is good to see you. Of course. Will you check on Cynthia for me? I think she's out in the gardens. Uh, Virgil thinks about that for a minute and goes to say something and stops and goes, yes, of course. And, uh, you know, the fog continues to troll over her and she disappears. Uh, Virgil's going to kind of like rub his chin lost in thought for a second and then we'll head back up to his workshop. Yeah, and Virgil would know that um, ghosts have varying levels of awareness of, like, yeah. being dead and, and such. So mm-hmm. um, the conversation was definitely odd, but he thinks mm-hmm. that perhaps Lucille is not fully aware of, of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's that's why he didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he, yeah, uh, so yeah, he, he'll go back up to... Um, his workshop and kind of flip through the book a little bit more and ponder some more over the current issues at hand. Okay. And uh, Gail and uh, Al- and Alistair wanted to do something, uh, have lunch together. Um, yeah. So Gail has like a nice, not romantic, but like, you know, fancy-ish lunch uh, that she brings up in a tray for Alistair and she closes the door behind her, sits it on his bed, and pops a squat. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair d- will not speak first. I can, t- I can promise you that. 
Gail, after sitting quietly for a hot second, just kind of simply asks, So, how are you doing? Lovely. Is there anything that you need? I don't suppose so, no. I thought um, we could sit and have a conversation, if you liked. Did you think that, Gail? Did you think we could have a conversation? What would you like to converse about? I just wanted to make sure that you were okay. I suppose that's in your hands now, isn't it? You sound upset about that. You're keeping me essentially prisoner in here. I'm protecting you. From what? You? What's that supposed to mean? I think you know exactly what it means. No, dear husband, I don't think I do. I think in the not even year that I've been here, studying you, studying your kin, I think I can tell quite clearly now that you are the most dangerous. Dangerous? <laughs> you think I'm dangerous? No, Gail. I know you are. Well then, dear, please tell me, what do you think makes me so dangerous? Alistair sighs. You know what? If you're not dangerous, if you are the kind, sweet person that I met months ago, just let me go. Let me out of here. Out of this room. Let me be free. Let me feel free. I can't- I can't do that. That's what I thought. And that is why you are dangerous. I don't understand what you mean. I'm keeping you in here to protect you. What if Jeremy or Virgil or even Penny comes in and tries to do something? You've revealed yourself that you're obviously against our family. You don't know how crazy they are. It's been days, Gail. No one's tried to do anything to me other than you. I haven't done anything to you. You've kept me in here. What are you talking I'm about? you safe. I think you're keeping me right where you want me. Right where I want you? What are you talking about? Please leave me. I need to think. Think think about what? It's none of your concern. And with that, there is a knock on the door. And uh, Virgil, wherever you are, you also hear a knock on your door. Gail gets up to see who it is. Because it's probably not bad. <laughs> Why would it be bad? No, Nothing not bad, bad ever happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gail, you open the door, and in front of you, you see uh, Gail Rookwood, specifically Gail Rookwood III. You, as you probably know, are Gail Rookwood IV. Gail Rookwood, she has the look that all Rookwoods have. Um, in addition to that, she has, uh, where there would be tear streaks on someone's face, uh, there's streaks of rust and iron, and uh, she's dressed in uh, clothes that you would expect from someone who grew up in the late 19th century. Um, you know, of course, that Gail Rookwood now makes up the um, the electric wall sconces in the family room. Right. And she says to you, come with me, both of you. I don't think it would be very good if he comes with us. Um, Alistair starts walking with the ghost of Gail Rookwood. <laughs> okay. I um, guess I'm following! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, you follow, and uh, Virgil, at your laboratory, which is where I assume you are, you hear a knock at the door. Yeah, Virgil is going to say, Penny, dear, you're home from work early, and he's as he's getting up to go answer the door. Uh, there's no response until you answer the door. And, uh, when you open the door, you recognize from his portraits, uh, the first Jameson Rookwood. 
you recognize in particular, again, all Rookwoods have uh, particular features that have been maintained through the generations. Like they all have very similar noses and similar like long dark hair. Um, We're a very attractive family. <laughs> yeah, you're all hot. In life uh, and death. <laughs> yep. Uh, so you see Jameson um, marked by his uh, missing right hand that, you know, he chopped off uh, so that it would stay with his wife forever. And uh, he also has a stuffed raven on his shoulder that you think uh, may be from the family room because that's where most of your stuffed ravens are. This is a day for ghosts, it appears. Um, Need the way. And uh, as you're walking, um, you're led into a hallway and Virgil, you see uh, Gail and Alistair and Alistair and Gail, you see Virgil and uh, the ghosts poof out of existence as you two see each other. And uh, in between you, there is a door to an unused bedroom. I, I kind of look up at Gail and I go, well, it appears the family has something that they want to show us. Yes, apparently that's so. Virgil will go to the door and open it. Hello, listeners. I am your chronicler and host, Fiona L.F. Kelly. We are in the penultimate episode. As I'm sure everyone has noticed in the first half, things are really ramping up for our poor Rookwoods. As a reminder, next Wednesday, July 15th, will be our final episode of the season. I am so happy that so many of you have gone on this journey with us, and though I am sad it's almost over, I can't believe the positive response we've gotten to the show. Also, as a reminder, on July 22nd and July 29th, we will be doing two retrospective episodes. The first will be with the writers of The Curse of the House of Rookwood Game, Brian Ben and Michael Addison, and the second will be with our Fables cast. In addition to talking about all aspects of the show, we'll be answering questions from our listeners. You can send your questions to us on any social media platform. We're at table fables podcast on facebook and instagram and at table fables pod on twitter and i'm sure as some of you may have noticed we've uploaded the full text of the ties that bind a history of rookwood family ghosts and curses by michael rookwood this is the text that i distributed to players between the recording of episode three and episode four if you are interested in reading this text which includes a full family history and a list of curses created for the show you can find it on projectderailed.com and this episode, as I'm sure everyone has noticed, has a ton of guests. Gil Ramirez, also known as Gil the Vlogsmith, plays Jack, Penny's boss and Gail's ex-boyfriend. If you've ever seen Critical Role, I'm sure you know the phrase, don't fuck me, Gil. This Gil is that same Gil. Gil is an absolutely stellar blacksmith and performer. He hand forges dice from a variety of metals, and he's been featured on the Critical Role shows Tax Machina and All Work No Play. He also has his own YouTube channel about blacksmithing. You can follow Gil on Twitter or on Facebook at Gil the Vlogsmith. Later in this episode, Saker will be returning as Elias Rookwood, progenitor of the Rookwood family curse. Saker can be found on the podcast It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast, and Tales of the Voidfarer. He is also one half of the Nerdcore rap group. 2d6 next we have our friend anna kolar appearing as lucille rookwood you can follow anna on instagram at anna glyph or on youtube at analog life in both cases anna has two n's in it additionally our friend willow appears as another one of the rookwood family ghosts and finally you will once again hear the voice of our producer tom at the end of the episode and as always be sure to check out our cast and crew's other projects 
Nick, Tom, and I are a part of Project Derailed, the company behind this podcast. You can find lots of nerdy goodness on projectderailed.com, and you can listen to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platforms. Nick is the DM of the Spelljammer-inspired actual play podcast, Tales of the Voidfarer. You can find Annie, Fable's very own Penny Rookwood, on Instagram at twobookishbabes, which is soon to be a young adult literature podcast. Chelsea runs an Etsy shop with another dear friend of ours, Alex. You can buy their gaming-inspired candles at etsy.com slash shop slash plot kindling candles, or follow them on social media at candlesplot. Garrett is part of the band Northern Weather. You can find them at northernweather.bandcamp.com or on Facebook as northernweather-oh. And finally, my producer Tom and I are part of the Project Derailed podcast, Big Streaming Pile. It's a podcast where we talk about bad movies on streaming services. Thank you to Tom for not only composing and recording our theme song, but also for serving as our producer and co-writer. And finally, as always, last but not least, thank you to Nerdy Pup Games, Brian Bin, and Michael Addison for allowing us to run the Curse of the House of Rookwood for the very first season of our podcast. They are the creative minds behind Rookwood, and without them, we wouldn't be able to bring this game to you. And I think that that's enough of the break, so let's get back to the game. Yeah, so <laughs> this is fun. Um, so you open the door. <laughs> That's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything is probably okay in there. Um, you open the door and you're hit immediately um, with a couple spells. Uh, the most prominent Fuck. of which... <laughs> it's always good when you start like that. Uh, the most prominent of which is uh, lingering cigarette smoke. And uh, you've also realized that part of the smell is uh, one of decaying flesh, as there is uh, the body of a child who looks like they have been dead for maybe like a week is in the middle of a room. Also, all along the walls and scattered across the desk and bed and everything else in the room is uh, various newspaper clippings. And if you've ever seen... And like a cop film with like obsession it's you know like there's the there's the yarn that's linking all mm-hmm. the pins together and stuff i've like connected that. the dots yeah um and if you look closer at the newspaper articles it's all about uh people who have died in mysterious ways uh there's a couple sprinkled probably from like the 50s or so or like late 40s till now but the most are definitely from the past like couple years Virgil's going to kind of like cover his mouth a little bit, like from the, the smells. <clears throat> well, this is odd. Uh, and he's going to kind of move into the room. I imagine like having to, uh, to like push some of the yarn out of the way and duck beneath it uh, and uh, move to examine the body. First things first, I, he's trying to determine if it's all really there or if it's like a vision that the ghosts are creating. Um, yeah, if you try to reach out and touch something, it feels pretty real. That's fine. He, yeah, uh, he's gonna look. He, he's gonna look at the body and see if he can um, determine who it was or um, anything about it, really. So um, the stakes are: you correctly identify how this child has has died. That's you know. 
that's the reward that you get. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to do a moderate effort, you roll one die. If you want to do an extraordinary effort, you roll two dies. But if you get uh, doubles, you risk exhaustion and losing a die. Um, if you want to do a supernatural effort, you can roll three die. Um, but if you roll doubles, you gain a mark from your curse. All right. And you would want a four, five, or six to get that reward. Got it. It would be a guile activity. Okay. Okay. Then, um, so it was, a, a, what, a moderate, intermediate, and then supernatural? Yeah, moderate, extraordinary, and supernatural. So you All can right. choose to roll one, two, or three dice, and this is a guile challenge. I'm going to roll two, because I have okay. two guile okay. right now. And you can roll from um, from any of them. But it's it's only with a guile die that a six would count twice. Got it. And you only have one thing to resolve here. So if you get a success, that means that you would be able to buy the reward. So the reward being that you figure out what happened to this corpse. Right. Right. But I'm I'm happy with this. I, I'm okay. Willing to risk it. Good deal. Are you rolling two guile dice? I am. That's two awesome. successes with a six. So three successes total. Um, okay uh and no doubles so i'm good okay um yeah so you kneel down closer to this corpse and even though it's been dead a while um virgil has just picked up so much random knowledge in his travels and everything that uh he is able to discern relatively quickly that this child has died of a mauling from some sort and Having been part of the family when monster hunting was common, you can also probably tell that it was something supernatural that did it. But I, I can't learn any information on who this is. Um, the body has been dead a while. Um, it looks like a child. It doesn't look like a Rookwood child or anything like that. So it just kind of looks like a random kid. Um, you can also probably, because you got so many successes, sort of discern that the newspaper clippings on the walls uh, probably reference people who have died in uh, supernatural ways that, you know, this child is probably one of them. Um, mm-hmm. And you also notice that it's been happening with more frequency recently. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, Virgil steps forward and squats down next to the uh, uh, the child, um, probably kind of labored, like his back isn't what it used to be. Uh, so he, he kind of like uses the, the corner of the bed frame to lower himself down and kind of pulls a pen from the, the pocket of his, his, uh, shirt or vest and, uh, uses it to kind of lift up the kind of the clothes and examine the body a little bit and goes, well, definitely a child that mold to death by something supernatural. So at this point, Gail grabs Alistair and kind of like tries to pull him out of the doorway and she, she grabs him and she holds him by his arms and she looks at him. You don't have to be a part of this. You can go back to your room. This doesn't have to involve you. Let go of me. She lets go. <laughs> yeah. Virgil, uh, have just like hearing that happening outside, just says, if the family brought him here, I doubt they're going to be happy if he leaves, if they even allow it. They're never happy anyway, Uncle Virgil. They did not let him leave. If they brought him here, I doubt they would let him leave. They want him involved. So therefore, as much as it pains me, he will be involved. Gail looks at Alistair again, trying to gauge a reaction. <laughs> Alistair smirks a little bit. He's got 
his shirt, I imagine, pulled up over his nose to kind of mask the smell. <laughs> but he's he's dealing the best he can. <laughs> yeah, and having a PhD, I would imagine that you would have seen corpses before, not in this uh, particular state of decay, but a dead body is not something you would have never seen before. For sure. Uh, Virgil is going to look up and kind of start looking around the clippings, and he's going to say... Well, if you're going to be here, at least make yourself useful and um, help me look through these clippings to see if there's any um, correlation or anything of import that uh, that we can use to figure out what the bloody hell is going on here. All right. And um, Alistair will go to do so. Yeah, Gail steps aside and, and lets him do the thing. She's, she stays back. She doesn't really want anything to do with this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, uh, Gail sits back as um, Alistair and uh, Virgil go through all the newspaper clippings and start to unwind the yarn and such. Um, Like I said before, uh, the newspaper clippings, uh, most of them are very recent, um, particularly around New England. And Mm -hmm. uh, from what everyone knows at this point, you can guess that uh, some of these maulings that, you know, like seem like a just tiger came out of nowhere you can guess there's something uh supernatural or any other uh weird happenstances that people don't know how to say uh you know what happened because they don't have the vocabulary or don't understand what happens um there's also clippings about more mundane things like hauntings or uh seeing weird men or abductions things like that so it's um it's essentially chronicling for the past couple of years, the uh, things that have made it into the newspapers about supernatural happenings in New England, and then, you know, sprinkled about here and there, uh, other t- other places in the other times, rather, in the 20th century as well, but definitely with the most frequency fairly recently. Um, so, so there's clippings from all years past, but m- pretty recent, like last couple weeks to a year. Or you said, or last couple years, um, definitely this year has the most. Okay, um, would Virgil know? Is this something that like the ghosts did, or is there someone squatting in our house, monster hunting? I don't know. Um, but I will jump to Penny. Okay. <laughs> so as we've as done enough. <laughs> yeah, as those questions uh, go through your head, like, did the ghost do this? Is is someone yeah. here? Like, uh, what yeah. on earth has happened? Um, Who the fuck is smoking in my house? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you you just straight up don't know if it's a ghost or someone is is just squatting in the house and has done this. Um, okay. But we will jump to Penny. Penny, you have reached uh, the anchor bar with Jack, and walking by is JC on his way home from school. Does JC see me? Yeah, you two see each other. You're you're walking down the sidewalk at each other. Penny? JC. Uh, I really don't think either one of us would really do much. I mean, I'm not going to invite him to the bar with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, you're Gail's kid, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm Jack. Uh, tell your mom I said hi. And then he looks at Penny and he says... Or maybe don't say anything at all. That's probably for the <laughs> best, Jack. JC, this is Jack. He works in my office. 
All right. Uh, cool. Yeah, really wasn't gonna say anything because it's not really my business, and uh, that would be weird to tell my mom that her sister's with a guy randomly because it's largely not relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Penny, I'll go get us some seats inside. And he goes in. Um, as the door closes behind him, you two hear um, something in the alley. It almost sounds like a uh, trash can has been knocked over. I look at JC and then peer around in the alley. Okay. Um, when you get to the alley, um, you see what you remember from your childhood, Penny. Um, you see a collector. Oh, and a, co- a collector. A collector is a type of boogeyman. Um, this one looks like he's pretty, pretty injured already. Um, he's like bleeding out a little bit. He has uh, a necklace around his neck of, of ears, of little ears. Um, and he kind of grunts as he looks up and, and sees you and, and hunkers down and looks like he's maybe about to attack. Seeing the necklace, I am going to push Jace, try to push JC back out of the alley and uh, try to back up a little bit myself. This thing is like, I mean, it's a boogeyman, so. Yeah, it's a boogeyman. Um, it looks very injured already. It's kind of like it, it still has enough in it that it looks like it might want to attack, but um, it looks pretty weak. Hey, Penny, do these things talk? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to look at the tops of the buildings to see if um, my friends, the crows or ravens, have been following, which I assume yeah. they have been. yeah. Um, there's almost always like uh, crows and ravens around you and you do in fact look up to the two buildings that make up this little alleyway and there's uh, there's ravens uh, looking down at the scene and then like looking at you to and kind of cocking their heads. I'm actually going to uh, seeing that the collector looks like it wants to attack I'm going to actually for the first time in my life command them to attack it instead because i don't want them trying to hurt jc and uh the stakes here are that um if if you succeed you would be able to finish this boogeyman off okay so how many dice did you roll and what were they because this would be a weird skill I am going to roll three, um, and since I'm using my curse for, like, the first time, like, really using my curse for the first time. Which category are you rolling your dice in? Well, I only have, I have one weird, and then I have, I'm rolling two of my guiles and one weird, so. Okay. I have a four on my weird, and then a five and a three on my guiles. Okay, yeah, um, you get two successes, um, so you are then able to buy off the reward that you're able to finish this thing off. Uh, would you like to narrate exactly what happens? A flock of ravens and crows descend from the tops of the nearby buildings, cawing um, wings and feathers going everywhere, and with their talons they just descend onto this collector to the point where you can't even see what's happening. It's just a mass of 
screeching and cawing black feathers. Yeah, I like it. Um, so yeah, the birds uh, descend on this collector, and uh, Penny and JC, you weren't really able to see exactly what happens as uh, all these birds descend and just go nuts, like just plucking at this guy. And when they finally disperse, there's barely anything of him even left, as all the birds have kind of taken their own trophies of him um, in kind of an ironic twist on him being a collector. It's metal as fuck. <laughs> that is metal <laughs> as fuck. That's true. Uh, and where he once stood as the birds disappear, you see Elias Rookwood, the original Elias Rookwood. He is standing in the alleyway, uh, great branches protruding from his skull like like antlers. And uh, he smiles at Penny. Behold, our new matriarch. And then he disappears. And what's going on with everyone back at home? (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So we're looking through this room, kind of wondering the fuck is going on. Um, Yeah. So this is like what's happening in like the couple hours before like three or four when when, uh, Penny and JC get home. Because I assume they're going home after that. Yeah, so Virgil's I think is gonna kind of like lead the 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 process of going through these clippings. And um from like Virgil's knowledge of like even though he wasn't ever a, a monster hunter himself, um he was very familiar with the family history and familiar with the supernatural in general. Um, is he able to piece together um, these clippings to determine what kind of creature it is that coupled with like having seen the wounds on the child and everything like with all the information is here. Somebody clearly is piecing together like, you know, connections with these lines and everything. And Virgil's trying to see if he can, decipher it to see what they're thinking and see if he can use his knowledge to piece together the the dots right um you don't think it's one thing um you Mm. you can kind of categorize like you think that there may be an infestation of fright hounds uh somewhere in in maryland and uh you know different uh different supernatural creatures that have kind of risen up in uh, the New England states and the surrounding area over the last couple of years. You suspect that this child might have been, you know, killed by a fright hound. Um, You have heard of uh, what you suspect to be a collector taking children's ears just in your own backyard of New Haven. Um, Obviously, Mm. you don't know Mm. what just happened to that collector, but you see that there are monsters that are coming back, and it has been fairly recent. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas before, the Rookwoods did a pretty good job of suppressing them. And then over the last couple decades, uh, to your knowledge, there have been no Rookwoods suppressing them. But they've still been pretty adequately suppressed with a few exceptions that have made it into the local papers. But it's really in the last couple of years that that's changed. Okay. So it's kind of like like that and like other random supernatural occurrences, like of various types in general. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like one thing. It's that supernaturals are uh, becoming more powerful in New England and even just like, you know, like the surrounding area. Um, perhaps I'm sure that you have a couple from foreign newspapers that would lead you to believe that uh, it's, you know, also worldwide. Got it. But mostly just New England. 
Right. So Virgil's going to kind of start going through stuff and um, uh, and kind of giving instruction to um, uh, Alistair and, and Gail if she wants, but he's not expecting Gail to actually do anything. Uh, and like kind of saying like, Hey, look for, look for clippings that have these signs in them, like, like that sort of thing. And he's going to start trying to categorize them and use his knowledge, kind of muttering to himself. Well, these are all supernatural of some sort. These definitely look like uh, fright hands, um, uh, of some sort. Uh, this looks like a, a, a colony of trolls up in Vermont. Uh, uh, um, and just, this uh, collector, um, very recent, in fact, very strange, um, and kind of just muttering to himself as he categorizes things, um, kind of pulling from the knowledge that he knows. And then uh, with the occasional comment, he's like, this is uh, this is not my forte. I'm ne- never a monster hunter, but um, kind of grumbling to himself a little bit. But obviously the family wants him to do something, so he's going to do it. Right. Um, okay, so you guys are doing that for the next couple hours. Um, Penny and JC are are walking home. Um, for the purposes of the story, Penny, I'm going to say that you made an excuse to Jack about a family emergency that you have to get back to uh, real quick just to get you back at the house. And um, as you're about to walk into the front door, um, another raven lands on your shoulder. Again, one of yours. And uh, this raven whispers into your ear he's in the place where you liked to hide and then it flies off and uh, you two go into the house so are we gonna like tell people what the fuck happened i mean i have to at least tell virgil okay yeah sure i guess (laughs) i mean virgil's not gonna freak out he's gonna be interested to know that could be that um, I guess we'll just play it by ear. Okay, telling your mom would be bad. Telling Virgil, he'd actually be kind of proud. Okay, but like you just had the ghost of our like family's founder be like, "Hey, congratulations. You're the lady in charge now." And you know Gail's going to do something that that sets Virgil off and he's just gonna be like this is why the ghost picked your sister instead <laughs> that was a great impersonation I'm super impressed yeah, <laughs> he's had I'm... lots of time to practice his Virgil mm-hmm. impression <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking about that part I was actually talking about just the collector okay yeah we can do that I guess <laughs> 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 I mean, if, if if you, I wasn't gonna tell Uncle Virgil yet. I I have some other things I need to figure out first. I was just gonna tell him about the collector. Okay. I mean, unless you think there's a reason why I shouldn't. You know, I don't know. It's been a weird two weeks. I mean, I mean that's fair. When we walk in, I assume we like walk in through like a a back room or the kitchen even i'm gonna it'd be weird not to have gail is gail in here yeah gail probably at some point was like in the way right so she probably went down to bring them coffee or just to get out of the smell for a hot second i'm gonna pour myself a shot real quick and then i'm gonna go and try to find the rest of the family because 
It's weird. I'm going to try to find Virgil at least. Um, you pour yourself a shot. Um, if Gail forbids liquor from the house, I'm sure that you have places where you hide it. So yeah, you do so. And uh, as you're wandering around the house, you find Virgil and Alistair, presumably in that room, unless they've moved elsewhere. No, I, I would imagine Virgil at least is still there. Yeah, Virgil's still there. Alistair's not. Alistair's looking for a couple things specifically, actually, through these newspaper clippings. Okay, what is he looking for? Um, he's looking for a few names, and I'm pulling them up here real quick so I can sound like a smart guy. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm looking for the names George Oakland, Paul Chamberlain, okay. and Timothy Morris. Oh, I wonder who they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, you do not see the names of Gail's ex-suitors. Oh, please. Okay. If Gail mauled this child, there'd be no child left. <laughs> Munch! He doesn't understand that. Right. What? What is happening? What? Why is there a dead body in our house? Oh, Penelope, dear. Um, well, we've had some recent developments. It seems the family wanted us to see this room. We're not quite sure how it got here. Um, but uh, it appears that this is a collection of um, reports of... A rather escalating trend of supernatural occurrences. Do we have to keep the dead body in here? Can we can we move it? Honestly, I completely forgot it was there. You kind of get used to the smell after the first hour or two. Penny looks at you like she does not believe you in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you will never. Uh, he just kind of like blows past that and uh, continues on. Um. You'll never believe some of these reports. Um, it, anything and everything from uh, uh, fright hounds in the nearby woods to, um, to, to trolls uh, to, to, to hags and other boogeymen and, and the like um, around New England and North America and even the world. Um, that turns out uh, even, even reports of um, uh, collectors and, and other things. Yeah. Is, is Gail in the room right this second? No. No, she is not. Okay. I'm going to unfortunately close the door for a minute. I actually just experienced the collector in town. Did you now? He, he's gone. But yeah, it was it was just me and JC and he's gone now, but... JC, did you use your curse to destroy oh, I'm, the I'm not there. I'm not there. Oh, he's not there. Shit. Fuck. Uh, never mind. Um, he goes. What? What? What happened? He just, he was in the alleyway and he was going to attack. So, but who whose room is this? Who? I have to open the door again. <laughs> this smell is way too much. Um. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, well, it was just a spare room, I believe. But um, the family ghosts saw two fetching. Both myself and your sister and Alistair here um, independently in bringing us to this room at the same time. Um, it appears they wanted us to see and look into whatever lies within. Um, I don't know if they're the ones who assembled this room or if there is a rather thorough hunter um, or the like squatting in our house unknown for what appears... Have been years, he says, kind of looking around. 
perplexed. <laughs> um, when he suggests that a hunter unknown squatting, uh, Penelope, you remember what the raven said to you. Uh, I'm going to keep that to myself for now. Lame. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I would like to later on come back here when everybody else is cleared out. So you you seem to gloss over some couple of details about what happened in town. Did you use your curse to dispose of this collector? I, I look at him and I hesitate for just a moment. I, I did, actually. Well, I'm beginning to suspect that is what the family wants. And I've been saying it for years. You know, we we have a deep tradition in fighting these things, and it is a shame that um, it is a shame that our family has uh, lost its way in that matter. Um, it was never never something that I did myself. It was always my brother's thing, but the family should have carried it on nonetheless. Yes, well, I know. And I'm going to walk out and go get another <laughs> stiff drink. Um, shots, 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 shots. No, I'm going to actually just pour myself a drink at this point. Cause just keep I the need... bottle. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> right. Just come across a freaking killer in the house. Uh, what is everyone doing now? Uh, I do have a, a quick question, real quick. Yeah. Uh, d- does our house have like an armory? Um. So your house, uh, yeah, I would imagine uh, the armory has collected quite a bit of dust, but you do know that there is um, probably hidden away uh, an armory with stuff that's used to deal with uh, supernatural creatures. Um, I'm sure that Virgil showed you at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Look so at all of these fine wooden room. stakes and <laughs> iron yeah. bars and salt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something that's definitely not like someone, you know, you have a guest in their house and they just like, you know, they're looking for the bathroom and they get to the armory. It's probably hidden a little bit. But yeah, you know that there is one. <laughs> this steak was carved from Elias Rookwood himself. <laughs> and uh, you do all also know that uh, the Rookwood Manor has a lot of um, hidden passageways and things like that. And Penny in particular is very acquainted with them because that's where she used to like to hide when she and Gail would uh, play hide and seek growing up. Actually, thinking about that and thinking about what my raven said, um, I'm going to actually walk a few of those hidden passageways. Okay. Um, So you know that there was one in particular that you really liked, uh, one that Gail actually ended up never finding. Um, And you like to go in there because unlike the other ones, which were like pretty small hidey holes, um, this one was a room. Um, a full room that had like a desk and uh, various uh, things that people put for storage, um, but that had long been forgotten. There was always like a bunch of dust and such covering it. So do you want to start there? Yeah. Okay. So do you want to describe how you get to this particular hidden room? Um, I like to imagine that it's actually through the family room. Okay. Uh, it's through the other side, connected by a long forgotten and practically sealed over servant's passage. Like, there's actually a shelf half in front of it. Right. 
Yeah, perfect. I love it. So, um, so you see the shelf and it takes you just a second to remember, but you remember as a child how you would access this and you um, open up the door and you go inside. And when you go inside, you see a man in conversation with a ghost and the ghost looks at you and kind of jumps and disappears. Um, but the man who seems very familiar and he's not someone that you're scared of. Um, he's sitting in an office chair. He appears to be about Virgil's age. However, he's more brawny than Virgil is. Um, so young and spry. <laughs> young and spry. Exactly. Uh, he's smoking a cigarette, but as he looks over and sees you, he drops it onto the ground. Um, and as you get a closer look, you see that he's definitely a Rookwood. Uh, truthfully, he kind of looks a bit like JC. Uh, there are signs of injury all over his body that have healed over many times. Uh, you see burn marks creeping up his neck just under his collar. Um, on one hand, he only has four fingers, and he looks at you and he goes, Penny? Uh, I stand there dumbfounded for a moment, and I tilt my head like I'm very, I'm very confused. How do you know my name? Go get the rest of the family, Penny. They'll, well, they'll want to be here for this. Uh, I, I don't even hesitate. I turn and I run back for everybody else. As you run out of the room, you remember that, um, that you're supposed to get the family. They're supposed to meet in the family room. But the actual reason why has already started to fade from your memory. I, with that, I start calling out for everyone. Are, is JC coming? Like, if, if Gailey just hears her, her calling and stuff, Gail's not going. <laughs> uh, will she go once I start calling for JC? Probably not, actually. <laughs> I mean, that's up to her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after, after JC's name gets called, he'll just turn to his mom and go, when things are, uh, I guess, less stressful, uh, we need to talk. What do you mean by that? There is a uh, unfortunate amount of information in that book. <laughs> uh, Gail looks, looks shocked but doesn't say anything. Uh, but Penny needs us, but uh, you don't really seem to be in a hurry, so I'm gonna just go. Uh, Gail, let's go. Yeah. Does everyone um, gather in the family room with the exception of Gail? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Virgil, upon hearing that, I, I imagine Virgil probably doesn't hear it immediately. Um, like Alistair might have to like point it out and then he listens and he goes, oh, yeah, we probably should go. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the man is kind of like pretty stiffly making his way out of the hidden room. Um, he, he has a cane that he uses and he settles down into, um, into a chair in the family room as everyone arrives. And, uh, Alistair, you have no fucking idea who this is, <laughs> but, but everyone else, uh, this man looks pretty familiar to you. Um, you're not totally sure why. Um, and as everyone comes in, he waits for a second and he rolls his eyes and he goes, is Gail on her way? <laughs> Virgil's gonna say, Are you a ghost? Because I've, I've been seeing lots of ghosts today. 
I'm actually going to turn to Alistair and be like, could you please get Gail up here? Tell her that her father wants to see her. Holy shit. Penny's <laughs> eyes are so wide. <laughs> yeah, when Fiona did the, the, the description, it was like, oh no, dad's alive. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say I called it, <laughs> but I, uh, I did. The moment he says that, JC just looks at fucking Virgil with the biggest shit-eating grin on his face. <laughs> uh, and Virgil is shocked as well. Uh, like, Virgil looks at JC and looks back at this guy and doesn't really know what to say. Okay. Um, so, Alistair, how do you go get Gale or call for Gale? Um, Alistair will... Uh leave leave the room and go approach gail um so gail is no longer in the kitchen which might be the first place alistair uh goes to look but she is actually now in his room looking at the book well uh alistair gave the book to virgil well then she's in virgil's room she would have known that she goes to the correct place (laughs) okay um alistair would go downstairs to the kitchen and if gail's not there he'll start calling out for her uh Gale doesn't respond immediately. Gale, where are you? It's important. After a while, she'll um come out. She'll look a little um defeated. Um, her face and eyes are are red and puffy. It, it's very clear that she's very quickly had to force herself to stop crying. Um, and she she approaches him wordlessly. I was uh, told that your father is here and wishes to see you. My father is dead, Alistair. And Alistair, as you left the room, you know that you're supposed to say that, but like, what exactly is going on is already fading from your mind. Fading from my mind? Mm-hmm. Yes. But mm. you know you know that you're supposed to tell her that her father says that he wants to see her. Okay. You think um, it's some magic stuff you don't understand. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was told to tell you that by someone. Someone? Yes. Uh, Who? Perhaps you should ask your uncle, or your sister, or your son. Fine. Where are they? Does Alistair remember where they are? Yeah, yeah, he knows he's supposed to take her back to the family room. Okay. Uh, They're in the family room. Come come with me. Uh, She follows him, but she's like a few steps behind. Is seemingly not super paying attention to to anything yeah um gail walks into the room uh alistair you remember what has happened um you're like oh yeah there's this guy here that said that to tell gail to uh to tell her that her father wanted uh wanted to see her um gail you see him you notice that he's missing um one finger on his hand Mm -hmm. um and uh he gestures for everyone to sit around. He's like, Now that everyone's here, Penny, please tell me, did you succeed? Yeah, yes, I, I think I did. Then not all hope is lost. I want to be very clear. We are facing very serious stakes. There is much that we could lose. You all need to make a decision. We must 
return to our destiny. We cannot let this go on any longer. I am too old to keep it up by myself. Virgil kind of nods. He's been quiet since since he said who he was, basically. He says, your curse makes us forget, doesn't it? Yes, and that is why you must listen very carefully right now. Do I have, like, any paper or anything on me? Um, yeah, we've we've said before that there's paper, like, just outside the room. Yeah, I'll just, There's a like, writing desk. Yeah, yeah there's I'll, a writing desk. Oh, yeah, you would have, yeah, you would have paper in your backpack. Yeah, I'll just fucking take out some paper and a pencil, because uh, if I'm going to forget this, if I have written evidence of it, that'll yeah. be way easier, remember? Pulls out the black and... Yeah, a black and white speckled cover composition notebook. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so JC starts uh, recording. Uh, Penny, what were you going to say? Uh, nothing. I was just going to say that I was wringing my hands, like, very anxious. I know that this is hard, and that there are many things you still do not yet understand, but the world needs us. It is our duty to honor all the Rookwoods who have sacrificed for us and lay a way forward for all those Rookwoods who are yet to come. If we do not continue, if you do not continue, there will be dire consequences. Introducing Tales of the Voidfarer. Join the spacefaring adventures of a group of misfits in this D&D 5th edition podcast inspired by the 2nd edition setting, Spelljammer. My name's Marco Astorio. My character is a gift Yankee. My character is a Doar. Adorable little penguin people. You're Ravnus, right? Yes, I, 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 and you are. I, it's a pleasure to meet you. My name's Lucky Cumble. My name is Captain Valeria Rain, and welcome aboard the Voidfarer. Luckbeak, Ravnus, come on! <laughs> There's so much to see over here! Catch new episodes of Tales of the Voidfarer every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast fix. <laughs> that's funny. Wait, did you just hmm? say that's funny and not laugh, Ravnus? We really have to work on your social skills. <laughs> Projectderailed.com